Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse number 38. Give that to you. Well, fell short. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38, if you have your Bibles. How many people know that the Lord has a work to do in this place tonight? I didn't just come in here to have a normal service. We didn't just come to hear a pretty sermon and everybody just go home feeling good. But we came here tonight not only for a word from God, but we came here tonight for a move of the Holy Ghost. I want a move of the Holy Ghost tonight, don't you? How many people are going to help me preach in this place tonight? You know, I haven't been preaching a real long time, but the one thing I figured out is this. The more you help me preach, the shorter I get to go. I'm hungry. I don't know how you feel in this place tonight, but I'm already ready for dinner. So why don't we say we, uh, we just put everything to the side tonight and just let Jesus do whatever he wants to do. The book of Acts chapter 2, verse number 38, very familiar portion of Scripture, and it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, that's me. For the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How many people, you would just admit, I need the Holy Ghost in my life. Okay, just a few of you. Now, who else could admit that they need the Holy Ghost in their lives? My God, we might need to preach on a lion's spirit in this place tonight. Verse number 39 And it says, for the promise is unto you. Someone said, that's me. And to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I want to preach to you for a few moments tonight, unlimited potential. Unlimited potential. Why don't you put your Bibles down, lift up your hands, your voices, and your hearts all over this place. And let's just invite the presence of the Lord to come in here greater than he already has. Lord Jesus, tonight I worship you. God, I give you all praise. I give you the glory. I give you the honor. Now, God, right now, we bind every humanistic and demonic spirit that would try to stop what you want to do in this place, Jesus. Lord, we loose our faith to run rampantly through this house tonight. Lord, we pray tonight, Jesus, that your Shekinah glory, Lord, would fall in this building. Lord, and that we would tap into our unlimited potential. Lord, I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Why don't you put your hands together and just magnify Jesus one more time. Why don't you greet someone that's standing next to you and let them know that they came to the right place tonight. Come on, everybody in here, just, just, just let somebody know that you're happy to see him in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. In the book of Acts, what we must understand is shortly before this portion of Scripture, Jesus Christ had ascended up into heaven. And now while Jesus was on this earth, so many great things that he did and a great following that he had. But you see, the thing about it was is that his disciples went from having Jesus standing there beside him to all of a sudden Jesus has been crucified and he's resurrected and he has ascended back up into heaven And the Lord has commissioned them, and he told them to go into all of the earth, preach and teach the uh, gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, so many people in our time are called to preach this gospel and to teach this gospel. And what we find is that different people, uh, they they have different results. Some people, they they come and they preach, and, and, and everybody talks about how great of a sermon it was, and you go, 
home and you feel good, but then, but then some, some people, and I, I, I believe that I am that I am in a church that loves to experience apostolic demonstration. We, we, we come into the house of God with expectancy in our hearts. Now, you see, things haven't always been this way. There, 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 there was perhaps a time that we didn't see the outpourings of the Holy Ghost like we see them today. And, 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 and perhaps there was even a, a, a time where you couldn't feel the power of the Holy Ghost quite like you can feel it tonight, but but there was a moment in time that I believe defined this church, and there is a moment in time that will define each and every one of us. In Acts chapter 2, this was this moment of time. They're lost and they're questioning, what is it that we have to do now? Jesus, he's been, he's been crucified and he's no longer here with us now. What do we do? Have you ever had to stop and to ask yourselves that, what do I do now? Is there anybody in here you've ever asked yourself that? Is this thing on? That sometimes you have to stop and you have to ask, what, what, what do I do now? And so, and so the Bible says that roughly 110 go, go, and they, and they gather into an upper uh, facility and, 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 and they wait there and they, and, they, and they pray and they wait on the Lord to show up. And, and, and the Bible tells us that suddenly a sound came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all of the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues and it sat upon on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues. I come to speak to you tonight that not only were they filled with the Holy Ghost that day, but they were also filled with unlimited, untapped potential. If you've got the Holy Ghost in this place tonight, I want you to understand that you are filled with unlimited and untapped potential. The potential that is upon you is so great that if you would simply begin to tap into it, you would see your lost loved ones saved. You would walk onto your job and the Holy Ghost would be so strong upon you that people, they would begin to be converted everywhere that you go. But here's the thing about the word potential. Potential means that you haven't accessed it yet. Is there anybody in here? Potential means that you haven't accessed what you have, yet we have unlimited potential, but we also have untapped potential. Is there anybody in here tonight? We have untapped potential. What does that mean for you and I? It means that we have something living inside of us that is so great, something that is so powerful, that God is able to use you. He's able to use you to see the deaf ears open. He's able to use you you to see the Holy Ghost poured out on people. But right now, it's not a gift that is upon you. It is potential that is upon you. I don't know how you feel in this place tonight, but it is not enough for me. But it, it, it is not enough for me simply to have potential. But I've got to have access to the potential that is on me. Is there anybody in this place tonight you would say, I've got to have access to the potential that is is upon me. You see, you can live your whole life with with 
You can live your whole life with potential on you. You can live your whole life talking about just how anointed you are, how gifted you are, all of the great things that God has called you to do and the thing that you could have been in the places you could have gone. Oh, and what you could have seen, but until you put an action behind what you have, it is still just potential. But I came to speak to somebody in this place tonight that it is time to unleash the potential that is on your life. It's time to unleash the anointing that is on your life, the giftings that God has placed upon you. And it is time for this church to unleash apostolic demonstration and apostolic anointing, not just to flow within the four walls of this building, but it's time to unleash the giftings that we have, that it would run rampant through the streets of this city. I came to preach to somebody tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. I've come to speak to somebody in this place tonight that it is time for somebody to cut the chains off of their hands. It's time for somebody to shake themselves by way of remembrance. You ought to just stop and remind yourself of the place that you were when he found you. You ought to stop and remind yourself of the day that he anointed you, the day that he called you. You've got unlimited potential. Oh, somebody just magnify the Lord. Someone say, I've got unlimited potential. In order to access unlimited potential, the first thing that we must do is we've got to overcome ourselves. I said we've got to overcome ourselves. Overcoming yourself sometimes can be the biggest obstacle in your life. I don't know how many times I've heard someone say, well, well, the enemy, he's, he's, he's just attacking me and he's coming at me and he's causing so many problems in my home. Oh, and the devil, man, he's causing problems in the church. But the fact of the matter is sometimes the biggest adversary in your life is yourself. Ooh, it's tight in here tonight, but it's right. Sometimes the biggest adversary in your life can be yourself. You see, I am reminded tonight of so many things portions of scripture where we see this. You see, Samson, Samson was given power. He was given anointing. He had a covenant with God. He had all of the strength that he could ever need to defeat his adversary. And time after time again, God used Samson to do great things. He killed a thousand with the jawbone of a donkey, ripped the gates off of a city and climbed a hill with them. And he put them up there for everybody to see so that the power of the Lord would be on display. But the thing about Samson. And Samson's biggest struggle in his life was not people. Samson's biggest problem was Samson. Maybe somebody in here knows what I'm talking about tonight, where it seems, where it seems over and over like, 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 like we, we, we tend to blame the enemy for everything that happens in our life. When things don't go right, man, the old devil's after me once again. When there's, when there's, when there's problems in your home, when there's, when there's problems in your job, and all we can talk about is how the enemy is attacking us. But if we would ever stop and evaluate what the real problem is, some of us would truthfully find 
find out that most of the time the problem is ourselves. You see, you see, it was Samson's problem with himself that was the reason why after all of the great things that he saw, after a thousand men came after him and he slew them, after, after gates were ripped off of cities, after animals were killed by his very bare hands, and after all, all of the mighty things that he did, Samson's utter demise was not brought forth by Delilah, but Samson's utter demise was was brought forth by Samson. You see, you see, I speak to you tonight that we must evaluate ourselves in this place. You see, you see what what I've what I've come to speak to you tonight is there's so many of us that we live every day feeling like the enemy has us in bondage. He's got us chained up. Oh, and all of the all of the oppression that is on us because of the enemy. But need I remind you in this house that he whom the son has set free is truly free indeed. I want to speak into somebody's life tonight that the enemy has no authority over you. The devil has no dominion over you. Some of you are waiting for Jesus to come by and to set you free of bondage, to take the chains off of your hands. But I've come to speak to you tonight that if that you could simply take the chains off of your own hands, you could bring yourself out tonight. God has anointed you. He's called you. He's given you everything that you need to defeat your adversary. So what are you waiting for in this place tonight? Somebody just give him a mighty hand clap of praise. And it was because Samson could never figure out how to overcome himself that the most powerful man of his time found himself overtaken by the enemy. You see, he, 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 he would always say, well, I, I'm, I'm just going to shake myself as the time before, and I'm, 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 that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to continue to live the way that I always have. And then, and then all of a sudden when something goes wrong, then, then I'm going to get serious about my walk with God. Then. then then when 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 something happens that I didn't expect, that's when I'm going to begin to take my covenant with God seriously. But until that time, I'm going to continue to live the way that I always have. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, that might work for you for just a little bit, but could I tell you that eventually, if you do not learn how to overcome yourself, the enemy will overcome you. You will find yourself locked up, pushing a grindstone stone for years until all of a sudden as Samson's hair began to grow back all of a sudden he felt the anointing rush back to him and let me speak to you tonight that I believe in restoration but just because God restores us does not mean you don't have to suffer the consequences of not overcoming yourself to begin with you see, I want to speak to you that Samson didn't have to die in that room that day when the little boy came up to him and he said, boy, boy, I want you to take me under the pillars and I want you I want you to put me there. And you see, as the boy took him up there, Samson, the Bible says, he put his hands on the pillars. And I'm sure so many thoughts begin to rush through his head of all of the things that he had seen God do. But I don't know how you feel in this place, but had I been Samson in this day, I would have stopped and said, so, so many 
many great things that the Lord has done through me and so many things he could have still done through me only had I ever learned how to overcome myself I want to speak to you in this place tonight that there are some people in this house there are some people in here tonight with a calling and an anointing that the Lord has placed on you and if you would ever learn how to overcome yourself you see I'm talking about overcoming the secret things that nobody knows about when the stage lights are off when you walk out of the building whether you're a singer or whether you're a preacher in this place tonight or whatever facet that you might be used I've come to tell you that when the lights are off and when people are gone when you truly stop and evaluate yourself what is it that you need to do to overcome yourself you see you see I, I I've I've just come to preach to somebody tonight that it's not too late for you to come out of the mess that you're in you see there's some people in this world that they're thrown into situations that they can't help but then there's others of us that get ourselves into our own problems but could I tell you no matter what the problem is no matter how you might have got into the problem God is still a way maker you ought to be more excited about that tonight. God's still a way maker. He's still on the throne. He's still in control. And whatsoever you should ask in his name, let me tell you this, he can still do it. The second thing that we must learn how to do is overcome our past. You see, David was, he was a man after God's own heart. So many mighty things that the Lord did through David. He, 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 he was anointed as a child to be king over Israel. Yet time and time again, David, he continued to fall. He would have affairs on his wife time after time again. But the thing about David is his failures, they weren't just in secret. But so many of his failures were in public also. Every time David... David would fail and he would get back up. It was more than just making up his mind that he would do better. But every time that he walked back into his throne room, every time he sat back down on the throne and people would come in, he would have to understand that not only did he fall before himself and God, but David also fell before people. You see, there's many of us in this house that we have fallen before people. We have had things happen in our lives that we are not proud of, things that we wish that we could go back, that we could take back, and that we could just do all over again. But nevertheless, people have seen you fail. People saw David fail over and over and over. He would have affairs on his wife, so many, so many things that he would do. And 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 and, and you see, but the thing about David is that God spoke and he said, David is a man after my own heart. Could I tell you that what the Lord sees is not your failure, but what the Lord sees is the passion behind you're getting up the power is not in the fall the power is in the bounce you see you see you see you you've 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 got two options when you have things happen in your life you you you've 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 got two options when you fall before people you can choose to fall and to stay where you are or you can choose to bounce back up I said you can choose to bounce back up and you see David time after time again he would fall over and over and over but there was a bounce in David that he said I know that I might have fallen I know that everybody might have seen what I've done I know that they might know every bit of dirt on me but this is what I also know that if God sets me free that I'm truly free indeed you see some people in this place tonight you need to get your thoughts off of what people think and you need to start putting your thoughts on what God thinks about you you see 
I feel the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. I said you need to get your thoughts off of what people think about you and get your thoughts on what God thinks about you. You see, God is not a person. God God, God knows the intent of your heart. I know that I'm not preaching to perfect people in this place tonight, nor do I profess to be a perfect person, but I am preaching to people that know what it means to fall. You know what it means to fall short of the glory of God. But if you've fallen in this place or maybe you've come in here and you're still falling, and you haven't gotten back up yet could I speak to you this that it's time to overcome your past it's time to overcome the situations that have held you bound for too long you see, if David not ever learned how to overcome his past, I submit to you that David would have probably turned in his crown. David David probably would have sat himself down off of that platform, if you will, time and time and time again. But David understood this. You don't get anywhere when you fall by separating yourself from the house of God. When you fall and you choose to separate yourself from the people of God, when you choose to separate yourself from the house of God, there is no room for you to be healed. You see, this church is not a courtroom, but this church is a hospital. And if you found yourself fallen before men, if you found yourself fallen even before God, could I speak to you tonight, sir? Could I speak to you tonight, ma'am? That if that is you, you've come in to the right hospital tonight. This isn't a church that's going to judge you this is not a church that's going to look at you and base their opinion off of you off of what you've done oh and if that's you tonight if you do that I, I i just rebuke that spirit in the name of the lord jesus christ tonight but could i speak to you that whatever you need the lord to deliver off of you god's come here tonight to do it you have the power upon you to overcome every enemy of your past if you've got drug addiction that was in your past god's able to bring it off of you. If there's people in your life that you have associated with that make you afraid to do right, could I tell you, God's already solved that for you as well. It's time for somebody to overcome their past. Why don't you just put your hands together and love the Lord? And once you overcome yourself, and once you overcome your past, the next step in your journey is learning how to overcome your adversary. I said it's learning how to overcome your adversary. We, 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 we all have an adversary to fight in this house tonight. Whether you've been in here for 20 years or whether this is your first, second, or third service in this place tonight, we, we all have an adversary to fight and could I tell you that you will be victorious over your adversary if you trust the Lord with it. Whatever your adversary might be, whatever addiction, whatever sickness might be upon you, God is able to defeat your adversary for you. You see, I begin to pray this afternoon as the Lord begin to speak to me. And I begin to question. I said, God, what, what, what is it that you want me to preach to this church tonight? And the Lord began to line these things out. But then the Lord began to speak to me. You see, Samson and David... They had something in common. You see, as David was out in the field watching his father's sheep, a lion, made its way out of 
uh, out, out of hiding. And it began to try to attack the sheep in David's field. And David slew the lion where he was. And as Samson, Samson was on a journey. And as he began to travel, the Bible tells us that he came into an encounter with a lion. And with his bare hands, Samson grabbed this lion and he ripped the lion in two. When the Lord showed me this, I began to ask him, what, what is it that you're trying to speak to me? Lions in the scripture and most of the time even beyond represent dominion. Lions are the king of the jungle. They are the thing that is the ultimate authority. The Bible even talks about Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah because Jesus has all power and all authority in him. But in this context, I believe that what Samson and David both came into contact in these scriptures is they came into contact with something that had dominion over them. The key to unlocking unlimited potential. Once you overcome yourself and once you overcome your past, you must kill the thing that has dominion over you. When you come into an encounter with an addiction that has been on you for such a very long time and you can't seem to break it, it's time to kill the thing that has dominion over you. If you've got sickness in your body that just seems like it won't leave, it's time to kill the thing that has dominion over you. If the fear of your calling is what attacks you day in and day out, you must kill the thing that has dominion over you. If the fear of your past and the guilt that you carry is what holds you bound and hostage, you must kill the thing that has dominion over you. And could I tell you that when you kill the adversary that has dominion over you, you will feel a freedom in your spirit. I'm not just talking about a freedom when you get up in the morning, but when you kill the thing that has dominion over you, you kill the thing that holds you bound. You kill the thing that holds you hostage. If you've come into this place tonight and you're dealing with addiction on you, I don't know why I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now, but you've come into this place with an addiction that is on your life. You've done everything that you know to do to try to kick this addiction over and over, but you can't seem to kick it. The Lord has come here tonight to defeat your adversary and to kill the thing that has had dominion over you. The Lord spoke to me this, and then, and then he reminded me that Samson, once he laid his head in the lap of, of Delilah, and, 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 and he was woken up with a thousand Philistines upon him. Samson left the house, and he went out into the field, and he picked up the jawbone of a donkey. You see, the jawbone was a mouthpiece. It was not just a mouthpiece, but it was a mouthpiece that was dead. You see, I believe in this place that most of the time that when we have guilt in our lives, when we can't seem to overcome, whether you can't overcome yourself, your adversary, or whether you can't overcome your past, most of the time it is because of the voices that are speaking to you. And so Samson goes out into the field and he picks up the jawbone of a dead animal and he begins to defeat his adversary with it. I believe that this jawbone represented more, more than just a dead 
mouthpiece, but I believe that it represented this. There are some of us in this place tonight that the Lord has called you to do miraculous, great things for him. The Lord, maybe he's called you to preach. Maybe he's called you to start a church. Maybe maybe he's called you even to be a prophet in your day. But And, 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 and when he called this unto you, you used to pray about it. You used to speak it by faith. Day after day, morning after morning, you would arise and you would talk about the things that you want to do for God. But somewhere along the way, there there was a death in your spirit. There was a death to your mouthpiece. And now and now you find yourself not choosing to speak the promises of the Lord over you. You find yourself not speaking anymore what the Lord has promised you. But you find yourself like Samson, anointed and called and gifted, but unable to overcome your adversary, yourself, and your past. Am I preaching to anybody in this place tonight? You find yourself with all of the strength that you need to overcome. You find yourself with even an anointing on your life. But what you are missing is the action that it takes for your promise to come into fulfillment. You lack the action that it takes to reach your unlimited potential. I want to speak to somebody tonight that is dealing with people that are speaking against you. Could I tell you this? Not everybody will be happy when the Lord delivers you out of your problem. Not everybody will rejoice with you when somebody in your family is healed. Not everyone will be thankful that you have answered a calling that the Lord has put on your life. But there will be people that will speak against you. There will be people in your life that will try to discourage you. But I come to speak to you this, that the same people that have spoken against you, the words that have hurt you and that have, called, and that have caused discouragement on you are the same tools that you will use to overcome your adversary. I've come to speak to you that it's time for somebody in this place tonight that you're being called into a field of battle. You've looked around you and the adversary has encamped itself about you. Maybe maybe you have found yourself walking into a church that you've never been in before in your entire existence and before you came into this place tonight, you, you, you all, all, all you could see were the attacks that were on your life, the problems that you are dealing with, the addictions that you can't seem to kick, the people that you can't seem to break away from. But I've come to speak to a Samson in this house tonight that the Lord has called you and he has anointed you, but you can't seem to overcome. That the Lord is putting the jawbone into your hand tonight. I've come to speak to you this, that if somebody in this place tonight would begin to open up their mouth, lift up their voice and begin to speak life unto a dead jawbone if you would begin to take what was supposed to be death in your life and you would begin to speak life through it you would begin to defeat your adversary this very night I've not come here tonight to preach to you a pretty message but I've come here tonight to empower you and to encourage you and to remind you of the power that the Lord has put on your life I want to speak to a Samson in this house tonight that the Lord has called you he's given you and he has him 
empowered you that you can't seem to overcome your adversary. It's time for somebody to decide in their spirit that I will overcome myself, I will overcome my adversary, and I will overcome my past. There's not a devil in hell nor a person on this planet that can separate you from the love of Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Bible says nothing shall separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. I want to speak to you tonight that nothing is holding you back from getting to where Jesus is. Nothing is chaining you. Nothing is holding you captive or nothing is holding you in bondage from accessing the potential that the Lord has put on your life. The anointing and the calling that God has bestowed upon you. You might not have felt it in a very long time, Samson. You might have failed over and over, David. But could I tell somebody this? There is a spirit of restoration that has swept into this building tonight. And whosoever would begin to call upon the Lord tonight, there is restoration. There is power. There is healing. There is deliverance in this place tonight. If you want it, somebody just put your hands together. Magnify the Lord. Let me tell you what begins to happen when you decide to access the potential on your life. The moment that the Holy Ghost fell in the upper room, you see, they had nobody to look to as to what they were supposed to do. All they knew in their spirit was that anything they would speak in Jesus' name, that it was able to happen. So the Bible says that they went out, they laid hands on the sick, and they watched them recover. Blinded eyes were opened. Deaf ears were unlocked. People were healed. People were made whole. People were raised from the very dead even. So many marvelous things begin to happen, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, somewhere in the course of history, Pentecost became hidden. Pentecost became lost until, until a college in Topeka, Kansas began to seek after the Holy Ghost. They begin to pray and they begin to say, Lord, we've not experienced this Holy Ghost and we've got nobody to ask, but we know that we've read about it. All of a sudden, history tells us that the Holy Ghost fell in that very room and people were filled with the Holy Ghost. What happened in Topeka, Kansas carried over to the Azusa Street revival. How many people in here, you have heard about that revival on Azusa Street. So many miraculous things that happen. There's been stories come out of that that as they begin to pray and to intercede that a pillar of fire came down out of heaven and the fire department showed up and they begin to to they, 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 they begin to attempt to get everybody out of that building and history says that when they walked in in there and they had on their full um, a tire and they were prepared to fight this fire that when they walked in there there was no fire to be found they begin to ask and say if you walk outside you can see a pillar of fire what is going on in this place the preacher walked up to them and said this is not a fire like you've ever experienced in your life but the fire that's falling in this place is the fire of the Holy Ghost and I've heard some stories say that as a preacher began to witness about what was happening in that room that the Holy Ghost fell upon them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That power is in this place tonight. That potential is in this place tonight. 
I heard another story that there was an individual who had lost an arm on a um, job. He walked into the building that night, and you see he had never been in an apostolic church before. But this is what he heard. All he heard about them was those apostolics are crazy. Let me tell somebody they're right. We are. We're absolutely insane sometimes, but that's how we like to be. So he heard that these people, they were nuts, but not only were they nuts, but they experienced the power of the Holy Ghost, Brother Danny. And so they said that this man walked into this building, and they walked up and they greeted him, and someone walked up to him, and, 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 and they asked him, Sir, what do you need God to do tonight? He said, Well, there's this that's going on in my life, and this, and this, and that, and the other. But someone stopped him, and they said, Sir, what do you really need God to do tonight? The man looked at them, and he looked down his arm and he said I lost an arm on a job site he said I've never been in an apostolic church before but I heard that there's healing power in this house you see, if some of us ever encountered something like that, we would say, well, bless God, he's able, and take a step back and let somebody else go up and pray over him. But they had a faith on them. They had potential in the room that was untapped and unbreathed. So they said that they began to pull him up to the altar area. They took a towel and they draped it over his arm. And when they did, they began to speak the name of Jesus. And as they begin to speak the name of Jesus, healing virtue began to flow over him. And it's the power of the Holy Ghost begin to flow over him. The historians tell us that his very arm began to grow back right among him. I came to speak to you that the man was healed that day because of the potential that was in that room. Historians tells us that people would come in on crutches. They would come in paralyzed. They would come in with sicknesses on them. They would come in needing the Lord to show up. How many people tonight, you've come to this place and you need God to show up. Is there anybody? You need God to show up. Historians tell us, they tell us that they would come in, they would be wheeled in even sometimes. And they would walk into this room and the power of the Holy Ghost was so tangible in that house that not a single person would even have to go up and lay hands on them but they could feel the power of the Holy Ghost from the time they stepped through the doors and the miraculous power would begin to work on them they told us that cancer was healed from their body that tumors would fall off of them that crutches would be broken and put on an altar that people would get up out of wheelchairs and instantly be made whole by the power of the Holy Ghost hey I've come to speak to someone this that's your pedigree tonight that's your elders tonight. This is your church tonight. Someone just shout, I've got that power. Come on, somebody shout it like you mean it. I've got that power. I had somebody come up to me the other day and they asked, why is it that we don't experience the things that they, that they experienced in the Azusa Street Revival? I kind of had to stop and think for just a second and all of a sudden it hit me. There were people that were hungry that began to seek after the Holy Ghost and all they had to hang on to, you see, they hadn't been born and raised in an apostolic church. They had never been churched, if you will. They didn't understand when they should come in and how they should dress and the way 
way they should sing and how they should move their hands and do their hair and put their hands together. And when the preacher says something good, then they shout amen. You see, they didn't understand that. They had nobody to look at, but this is what they had to look at. All they had to look at was the book of Acts. And I believe that the reason that they begin to experience the things that they experienced was because all that they knew is that if the Lord told them they could do it, then they could do it. If the Lord spoke to them that they could lay hands on the sick and they would recover, then they could lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that anything you should ask in his name, that he's able to do it. That he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that you should ever ask or think. Most of you don't know this. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this or not, but I'm going to. Dylan's been in the hospital all week long, very, very sick in his body. All of you know that he's been sick for about four to five uh, weeks. You see, Dylan went in, and he began to have some complications after, um, after they began to treat him, and they all thought that he was going to be able to get out of the hospital. All of a the sudden, they begin to run tests, and they begin to observe everything that was happening on him. And uh, the doctor pulled my parents into the side room, and he said, we don't know how to explain this to you but we're fairly certain that he has cancer and so we didn't tell anyone as this just happened just a few days back and so we begin to pray and we begin to intercede and the doctor he said now here's what we're going to do we're going to go and we're going to run tests to just to see what is going on but we're fairly positive that he has cancer in his body and so they begin to run tests and they begin to do all of these things and the first test came back and the doctor walked in and he shook his he said, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. You see, you see, everything that's going on inside of Dylan is a sign that he has cancer. But when I ran the test, I can't seem to find any cancer in his body. So we begin to thank and to magnify and praise God right there for what he did. But you see, you see, that wasn't good enough for that doctor. He said, now, there must have gone something wrong with the test because I'm telling you, the boy has cancer. And so they went through and they ran a second test. This was just two days ago. And so they ran the second test and the second night. I'm sure none of us really slept very good as we begin to pray and to intercede. And all of a sudden, the Lord began to speak something into my spirit. He said, I have not left you and I've not forsaken you You see, all of the while, Dylan had no clue what was going on. He didn't know of the test that was going on. You see, you see, but he knew that there was something going on. And 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 and, and inside of that hospital, there was a chapel. And in the chapel, a um, piano sitting inside of there. And so, about two nights ago, Dylan found out that this was in there, and he walked into that chapel and he sat down and he began to play a song. He began to sing and he began to worship God. 
God. This is what he began to sing. He began to sing, I never would have made it. Without you, I would have lost it all. He began to sing songs about the healing power of the Holy Ghost. He began to sing about the blood of Jesus that could cover him. And let me tell you what happened, ladies and gentlemen. The next day, the doctors walked back into the room. And they walked in and they said, well, we ran the test a second time. And let me tell you this. We still can't find any cancer in his body. He's free to leave. Now, let me just tell you this. It's 739 here. That means in about 20 minutes, Dylan will be arriving back at home totally healed in his body. You see, I'm very thankful for everything that's happened with Dylan. I'm very thankful that the Lord touched his body. But let me tell you what else I am. I'm angry. I said I'm angry in this place tonight. And I don't know how you feel in this house. But I wish that we could just give the devil a bad night tonight. I said I wish that we could give the enemy a bad night tonight. You see, there's some of you, you've came into this place tonight, and people have told you that you never amount to anything. They've told you that you could never be used in ministry. You've had sickness come over your body. Oh, my Yashanda Roborosanda. I prophesy right now that there's healing virtue running into Brother Jason's room right now. I speak it by the authority of the Word of God, the power of the name of Jesus. There's miracles in this place tonight. There's healing virtue running through this house tonight. Let me tell you what the scripture says. It says that every time that David would fall down and he would begin to get back up, that he began to sing and to shout and to sing praises unto the Lord. And he would, as he would begin to dance and he would begin to shout, you see, you see the spirit of the Lord would begin to move into the camp. It, 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 would, it would begin to flow and to operate. And I believe tonight that whatever you might be carrying, no matter how heavy it is, you see, you see tonight I've not come to preach a message of doom. I've not come tonight to speak to you that you're not coming out of your situation. But I've come here tonight to speak this to you that I feel victory in this house. I said, I feel victory in this house tonight. <laughs> I wish I could preach what I'm feeling right now. I feel like in this place tonight that we have unlimited potential in this building tonight. I've already seen the Lord touch a boy's body this week. I've already seen the Lord do what he said he was able to do. And I've come to speak to you tonight that whatsoever you should ask in his name, God's come here tonight to do it. I said he's come here tonight to do whatever you need him to do. You see, the enemy wants you to feel trapped. I said he wants you to feel stuck tonight. 
He wants you to feel like you've got a weight on you, like you've got chains of bondage holding you down. Come on, is there anybody in here? You know what I'm preaching about tonight? It's okay. How many people in here, you have felt that at some point, that there's chains of bondage, there's things that are weighing you down, they're holding you captive. Let me tell you what the Bible says. It says that when Paul and Silas were chained and held down and held captive, that they begin to sing praises unto the Lord. And as they begin to sing and to shout, the Spirit of the Lord begin to move into that prison cell. And the chains fell off of them and the doors were unlocked. What does that mean for me and you tonight? That whatever you might be carrying in this place, I'm not asking you to come forward and to sob, but I'm asking somebody in this place to get a little step of victory on you. I'm asking for somebody in this place that you need the Lord to touch you. You ought to just begin to praise and magnify Him. How many people in this place tonight, you need God to touch you? Who else in here tonight? You need God to touch you right now. I'll speak it by faith right now. If you would begin to offer up a sacrifice of praise right where you are, there would be healing come to your body. I'm not talking about a praise that you always do. I'm talking about doing something different. I'm talking about doing something that you've never done. There's healing in this place tonight. Here comes a couple people that want healing in their body. I know this is different than maybe what you're used to, but I've just come here to preach a simple message to you tonight that it's time for somebody to tap into the potential that is in this place tonight. Last week we preached about it. We, 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 we preached about what God could do. Why don't y'all just raise your hands over here? All, all these people. Since the message that we preached last Sunday night, almost everybody over here has been filled with the Holy Ghost or baptized in Jesus' name. I've come to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you need the Lord to do, I wish that you'd stop waiting on somebody else to move for you. I wish that you'd stop waiting on someone to come back and call you out and drag you up to an altar. We could do that in this place tonight, but I just feel like in the spirit that if we would begin to tap into that potential, if somebody would just begin to make their way out of where they're at right now, and you would come with hands lifted, offering up a shout of praise in this place tonight, that the Holy Ghost would fall. Now, here's what I know. Here's what I know. I know what the Lord has done just since last week. People have been filled with the Holy Ghost. They've been baptized in Jesus' name. My brother's been healed in his body. And I know all of these things, and I'm thankful for it. But I also know that there's things that God wants to do tonight. So I don't know how you feel in this place tonight. But I feel like just offering up a little bit of worship in this house tonight. I feel like offering up a little sacrifice of praise in this house. Now, my brother's fixing to get home in about 15 minutes, and I don't know what you might want to do in this place, but for the next little while, I feel like just shutting the mouth of the enemy. I said, I feel like silence in the mouth of the enemy. If you've got things you're facing in your life, somebody in this place ought to just begin to silence the enemy with your shout.
Okay, now here's what we're going to do in this place. It'd be real easy just for everyone to stand around and to clap their hands and to feel like we've gone home having a good service tonight. But you know what? Oh, where you at tonight? Where you at tonight? Sister Rennick, come here. Come up here with me. I remember just a few years ago when Sister Rennick was diagnosed with cancer in her body. She does remember. I remember just a few years ago when the doctors told her that there wasn't anything that they could do. And you know what I thought about this week? Is that the same power of the Holy Ghost that healed your body is the same power of the Holy Ghost that healed my brother this weekend. So I just can't help but feel like tonight that I need to shut the mouth of the enemy from my family. Now you ought to just grab somebody's hand and worship with them in this house tonight. We're coming out of sickness. Come on now, you ought to just link up with somebody next to you and offer up a sacrifice of praise. 